Thank you for listening to the Scout My Game Around the World podcast. On this episode, we have U.S. Olympian Jorge Torres interviewed by Mike Dean. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Scout My Game. Enjoy. Welcome to our first ever edition. Um, I'm your host, Mike Dean, and today I'm uh, joined by a great special guest of mine, uh, Jorge Torres, a former U.S. Olympian and long-distance runner. He's taking his time out, his busy schedule to join us. So I'll say hi to Jorge. How are you doing today? Oh, Mike, doing really well. Fantastic. I, I thoroughly appreciate you joining us here, and, and we look forward to hearing what you uh, have to say about your experiences in track and field. Um, so let's start off, really. Um, you know, what made you decide to start track and field? Uh, you know, track's not one of those things you just naturally fall into. It's one of those uh, sports where, uh, I guess, when you're growing up, you're, most kids are used to like, playing with some kind of basketball or, or soccer ball or um, uh, some team sport, and and I, I thought I was going to go down that avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a basketball player growing up at a, in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, and uh, but my older brother yep. uh, happened to be uh, running track and cross country and in, uh, in junior high. And as I was entering junior high, I asked him what uh, what sport I should go out for, and he. Yeah. He was pretty adamant. He said, uh, "Try uh, cross country and track." Uh, he's like, "There's a great guy who coaches, and and um, it's a it's a sport that I think he thought that we would enjoy." Yeah. Uh, so sure enough, um, I took his advice and uh, and I and I jumped into this uh, crazy sport of running. Fabulous. No, that's great. And uh, you mentioned your older brother, but you also have a twin brother, uh, Eduardo, who also ran with you. Is that correct? That's correct. Eduardo is an identical twin. Uh, we uh, we both. Uh, have enjoyed the spoils of running our whole lives and, uh, and everything that goes along with it. Fantastic, that's great. So when you got introduced into track and field, when did you feel you had a talent for it that you was actually good and you can uh, you know, do it for, for a little while longer? Uh, well, I guess one of the things that I noticed when I was running in gym class as a fifth grader, fourth grader and fifth grader, was that I could, I could run pretty well. Um, and that's one of the reasons why my brother thought that I, would, I should excel. I could, I could excel in it. Um, yeah. So when I got into junior high and Greg Fedeski, who was my, my coach, I called him Fed. Uh, Fed would uh, got us out there, did like a little bit of a summer program, but uh, going into my sixth grade and, and I wasn't too, I wasn't too into it. I was still kind of like in my back of my mind, I'm just going to do this just to like kind of please my brother and maybe play basketball in the, in the winter. But as the season started, I remember going to my first race, and and I was I was beat. I was beat. I finished. I didn't finish too bad. Too badly. I finished like fifth or sixth. And but it was something in my stomach that didn't sit well. Um, getting passed up by those guys up front. And um, right then, I kind of like a like a fire got into my head, and I said, you know, I, I could do better than this. And uh, and so, and that kind of like sparked the uh, the interest in track and field and cross country. Good. I guess, yeah, sounds like you're explaining your competitive spirit, which is awesome. Excellent. So you mentioned that you started track in the kind of fifth and sixth grade there. Um, as a track athlete, how did you manage to stay healthy and balance uh, your, your academics as well as track? You know, the, uh, it's always a fine balance for whether you're a junior high kid or a high school kid or a college kid. Um, to find that balance of academics and sports is never never an easy task. It's always a, a, a balancing act. Um, yeah. I've always been fortunate enough to surround myself by, I feel, by good people, good uh, good leaders, and um, 
and it, and they they kind of taught me and took me under their wings and I was never afraid to ask for help either um so whenever I felt like my life was getting a little bit unbalanced I would reach out and uh and sure enough somebody would be there to uh, give me a hand and and uh so you know I, I think one of the things you have to tell yourself is you don't have to bear all all the weight uh it's okay to reach out for help when you need it and and um and another thing i mean it, it takes discipline uh, yeah. and and being an athlete a student athlete uh, uh no matter what level you're in so you've got to decide what your uh, what your priorities are and if you want to be a, a good athlete and a good student um it takes you, you've got to prioritize that excellent some great advice thank you for sharing um, so you mentioned a little bit ago about uh, you had great leaders and, and great people around you. Um, who were your idols or role models in the track and field world, and how did they influence you? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, my true role models were, were my mentors, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Fed, Fed uh, being one of my, probably my most prominent mentor right there who, uh, he passed away several years ago, and I, I surely miss him. But um, but uh, I would say he he was an academic. Uh, he enjoyed a uh, enjoyed a good math problem, and was making sure that we always you know stay stay true to our being a student athlete. Uh, <laughs> but he also he he saw a vision for us, and so, and I mean us like my brother and myself um, uh, on how to uh, how to create a future with this sport. Um, so I would say he was probably one of our biggest my biggest influence. Uh, I, and again, like I said, I, I surrounded myself, I was lucky enough in my life to have great mentors. And uh, Good. I went on to, uh, to college and, and had a great, great coach, uh, Coach Mark Wetmore, who's still there at the University of Colorado. Excellent. And, um, uh, he was a, you know, the kind of guy that, uh, that just meant business. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he's successful for a reason. And I was, uh, I was, I was lucky enough to, uh, and fortunate enough to learn underneath him. Um, and, uh, he, he continues to teach young, young minds and, and push people forward into the sport of, of track and field and cross country. And, and, and not only that, but in other avenues of the world. So, uh, Mark Wetmore was definitely one of my influences, uh, influencers yeah. as a young kid. And then um, as I uh, became a professional, uh, uh, I, I ran into, uh, well, I lived in Boulder, Colorado, where I went to school and mm -hmm. you know, lived there. And, um, and Steve Jones, uh, Steve Jones, who's an ex-world record holder in the marathon. Mm -hmm. um, he's from the UK, but lives in Boulder. And Boulder's a mecca of running. Um, I came across him and, and uh, he took me under his wing and, and taught me a thing or two and Steve, and then getting a history of Steve Jones of who he was and yeah. especially running a world record in Chicago, my hometown. I, it's like, it's one of those things that kind of like just everything kind of melted together. And, uh, and he, he taught me a lot and he taught me how to be calm, how to, you know, how to, how to believe in the process and yeah. as a professional and uh I would say, you know, I, the mentors that I had were my coaches uh, over my life, the influencers, the, uh, the guys that really pushed me to, to be a, a better athlete and a better person, um, not just in the running world. So, yeah, I would say those three guys uh, were probably my biggest influencers. Excellent. Thank you. No, that's great. I, uh, you mentioned previously that uh, so you grew up in Chicago. Um, looking at your record there, it uh, looks like you were in the um, 
cross country championships uh, and also set a, a set a record in for nine minutes and fifty two seconds in for two miles. Uh, how did it feel winning the Illinois cross country championship and setting the course record? So you're talking about back in my junior high days. Yeah, I went way back. <laughs> uh, my elementary school days. Um, you know, <laughs> it's uh, so. Like I said, it kind of came fast and quick for me uh, running at a high level, uh, mm -hmm. running at a national level. Um, mm -hmm. Sixth grade, I went from finishing fifth or sixth in my first cross-country race as a, as a sixth grader. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, that winter, I'm competing at the what used to be called the TAC Nationals, which okay. is now known as USATF uh, Nationals, uh, Junior Olympics. Um, but I ended up winning a... As a sixth grader, I ended up winning the national championships uh, for my division. Um, so then from there on out, uh, my coach, Fed, who saw the talent very early on, realized, like, okay, let's just let's continue making steps and strides towards the future, uh, sat me down one day. And uh, actually, not long after I won the national title in sixth grade, yep. um, he sat me down and asked me to write some goals down. And some of the goals were winning uh, state cross-country titles in your high, but he also set goals to – all the way to get me to the Olympics. Um, and I sat down there and wrote them on a yellow piece of notepad of legal paper. And, uh, and I still have that sheet of paper actually, uh, which is kind of nice. That's great. Uh, That's great. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, what, you know, to, to win it as a, I won it as a seventh, I won the cross country title as a seventh grader and I won it as an eighth grader and set the state record at 952 um, uh, on the cross country course. Uh, it was fun. And, uh, but what, what made it even more fun was I was winning it with a team. I was winning, not the not only the individual titles, but I was winning the team titles as well, which good. made us a, a, a had a good core of uh, of, uh, of friends and and colleagues, and one of them being my identical twin, who's my like my best friend. So it's uh, it made it really fun and really easy. And and uh, to run that fifty two, I just had to beat that uh, slouch of my brother to uh, to win that title. So. Here's a here's a little fun one for you. Did, did you and your twin ever try the old stress switcheroo when you're running? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're competitive. We're competitive to this day. Through there. Um, no, no. We, uh, we, we, uh, we respect each other and we, we pushed each other, but it was definitely, uh, uh, to this day, we compete in everything we do. <laughs> That's excellent. Hey, good. That's good stuff. So I also see that um, during that time, you, I think your record still is your only one of two males ever to run the Foot Locker uh, Cross Country Championships and which you won in your, uh, sorry, which you won in your senior year. How is that experience going through, you know, those four years? So, uh, yeah, Foot Locker, my, my, uh, my, college, my high school years, was, uh, Foot Locker is a big event uh, and it still is to this day. Um, probably one of the best uh, national events for high school because, Every year, year in and year out, uh, future Olympians, future NCAA champions, gold yeah. medalists, all that come out of that, out of that program. And, uh, and I props to Foot Locker for keeping that going. Um, yeah. And I was able to uh, be a part of that. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to be four years of it, which is uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, as a as a male as a as a male in high school, you know, you're a freshman. You're not exactly fully built, and you're going up against the big boys. Uh, mm -hmm the juniors and seniors who are not only just at the, at the high school level, but they're the best at the, at the, at what they do at the high school level. So, <laughs> so I made it as a freshman. Uh, I knew I had the talent. I knew I could get up there. Yeah. Uh, but at the time when I was, I'll be honest with you, when I was a freshman, I had no idea what really, what that really meant. Um, uh, okay. Not until uh, I, I went through the process and, and kind of got to my senior year that I realized, wow, I just, 
I just did something that was probably pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah. and, um, and I was the first male to do it and qualify four times. And, and to cap it off, my senior year of a, of a national championship was, was quite the, uh, the cherry on top. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it took, I think until last year, actually, it was the first time that, uh, the, there's the second male who made it four years in a row, a kid from Texas. So uh, yeah, he, you know, he, I'm sure he's gonna, he's gonna hold his head high, not realizing that he, uh, he did something special. And it's, it's, it takes a lot of time, dedication, and a little bit of luck because you can't be sick on the day of the qualifiers. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get selected. You don't just get selected to go to this. You actually have to qualify. So, in my days, it was, you got to finish top eight at the regional. And there's only four regionals. Um, okay. You qualify to the national championship and then you go up against the best of the best. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, I gotta say, it's a full locker. I met my best, some of my best friends. I ended up going to college with uh, my buddy Steve Slattery and uh, and Ed, who we met in in, uh, in high school in full locker nationals. Actually, with Steve, I actually met him at one of the Junior Olympics back in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Actually, back in ninety, I want to say ninety three, nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. So. Wow, throwing throwing those long long numbers away. I know you recently celebrated a milestone birthday. I won't tell everybody what birthday it was, but uh, I was 20, 20 years old. Right? Yeah, <laughs> fabulous. All right, that's good. So, talking of college, and you mentioned you went to uh, Colorado University, which is great. Um, when you decided to go to college as an athlete, how was the recruiting process for you? How did you land on Colorado over all the other potential colleges? Yeah, that's a uh, it's a tough choice to uh, to make, especially if you're a uh, uh, high school kid that has options. Um, and I was my brother and I were very fortunate enough to have options. Um, yeah. So it, it wasn't an, an easy decision, I would say. It was definitely took some time and, and, and discussions with with uh, important people in my life, like my parents, obviously, and uh, right. and and Fed was definitely a huge influence in where we went. Um, but uh, as as you start interviewing coaches and uh and we were we were heavily recruited i guess probably at a very early age um yeah. to uh start deciding where we were going to go but uh but you know i, I think i i guess uh, like I, I i was influenced by really good mentors and good leaders and uh and, and uh and meeting meeting the team at colorado and meeting coach whatmore um was uh well, I think once I sat down with them and, and then visiting Boulder, it was like, it just had the perfect combination. Um, and, uh, we decided to go to CU. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the, one of the main reasons, uh, was, was obvious, was obviously a good athletic school, but I think we just thought that we could, we could picture ourselves living there beyond college. So if you ah. could, if you could, envision that as a, as a high school kid, probably making a pretty good decision. <laughs> um, even though you probably don't know that. Uh, so it's still kind of uh, up in the air, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, if I had do it all over again, I, I, I would not change a thing and I'd go to see you and be a Buffalo again. Excellent. It sounds like you're definitely full of pride to see you talking of which, um, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, you were inducted into the Colorado university, uh, athletics hall of fame. Uh, what did it mean to you when, when you found out the news? Oh, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess you're, you, you put your heart and soul into a university program and, and I wore the you know I, I I wore that uniform proud and and competed for them and uh and I was able to accomplish a couple of things in my in my time at CU and uh and to be uh, recognized uh, after my time at CU is a uh, it's, it's very special um, 
because you're not just being recognized as a CU track guy or a CU mm -hmm. cross country guy. You're actually being recognized as, as a as a person, as a representative of the university, and and you get enshrined into the Hall of Fame of CU for a bunch of uh, great athletes from from years past and, uh, and in the future as well. And yeah, um, it, it really uh, it means a lot. Uh, I would say that uh, it, it just it it to me. It, all the hard work and dedication I put into the sport and put into my time um, and to be recognized like that is, uh, is special. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, so we're talking about um, high school athletes and your transition into college. Um, what advice would you give high school track athletes now with hopes of chasing their dreams to, you know, represent uh, their country or even, you know, represent themselves at the highest level? Uh, so, you know, if you're a high school athlete and you're out there running cross country and track right now, um, and, and you, you have the, these, this vision, well, I rec I recommend you, you sit down and write down your goals and mm -hmm. what you want to do, not just what you want to do that year, but set yourself some long-term goals, um, and, and write down a piece of paper, uh, or in the modern era, I guess you could write it on the computer, type it up on the computer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know it's uh, it's important to know where you're going and have a little little roadmap. So sit down, write down those goals. Um, another piece of advice I would give an a, a person or an athlete is it's called it's consistency. Not one workout is going to make the difference between you and being successful. It's a uh, countless amounts of workouts and countless amount of time just putting feet on and uh, putting some time on your legs and and um, and you don't have to just kill one workout. Trust me, it's it doesn't come overnight. It's uh, it's the consistency. So just be patient and be consistent, and uh, and and the good things will come out of it. And and then the most important thing is dream. Good. Dream good. big. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No, absolutely. I hope that hope these high school athletes would hear those words and uh, definitely adhere to it. Coming from you know a person like yourself with um, with great success. So we've mentioned a lot on your positive uh, highlights of your career and everything that went well. Looking back. Were there any low points or doubts that you had, you know, throughout your running career? And if so, how did you break through them? Uh, I, I think if you're going to be an athlete or if you're going to be successful in anything in life, you have to realize that the, uh, the, the, the roadmap to success is not a straight line. And then you're going to get some ups and downs and, and uh, off ramps and all the good stuff that comes with it. So, uh, so if, if you're lucky enough to go down that route, you know, it's, face any kind of adversity, good for you. But uh, <laughs> in the real life, uh, uh, things do happen. And, um, and it's okay. I have kids now, and, I, and I'm trying to teach them that, you know, like I give them the old lesson of when you fall down, you get yourself back up, dust yourself off, and keep marching. Um, and uh, that's true with, uh, with how I was growing up. Is, uh, and what, my, I had some setbacks. I had injuries. Uh, yeah. Achilles problems. I had times where I felt depressed because I was not reaching some of my goals, and um, it's just part of the game. And you yeah. just have to just embrace it. And uh, and if you could, you could uh, overcome and overtake those those down times and and appreciate the good times. You're gonna have a pretty successful career no matter what you do. Fabulous. All right. Thank you. Um, so finally, uh, you know. What's it like? Um, how's life after being a, a competitive track athlete? Um, you know, after you retired and you hung up your cleats and you know, your, your spikes, or whatever. What do you do now? And how was the transition? Uh, so, like like any athlete, you know, what what, what happens when the, uh, the the sports world leaves you behind because you you 
just I guess too slow or too old or whatever. <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's it's I guess it's it's some people find it. Some people could just transition easier. Some people can't. Um, I was fortunate enough to find a, a job in my in my field, uh, so I still stuck with the running world. I work for this company called Global Athletics and Marketing, uh, sports agency. So um, I work as a sports agent, and um, and I represent uh, athletes, help represent athletes to reach their their goals as a professional. So, and on top of that, I, I'm lucky enough to work at events and 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 put up events for not only for just the professionals, but help organize things for youth kids and. And that's very fulfilling uh, to see the, you know, the, the future of America uh, be out there competing and, and myself being a part of putting that together. So um, I've, I've, I've enjoyed uh, still being in the running world and I, and I hope to be in the running world for a long time and, and give back to the uh, community to help me uh, live a life that I live now. Good, excellent, great advice. One, uh, one last question here, just a curveball there. What do you do to keep it competitive now? What, what, what kind of activities are you doing? You, are you playing anything? Are you, you're running, are you running, what's happening? So I told you that my brother and I are still pretty competitive with each yeah. other. Um, so the one thing that he and I still compete in, and it's, uh, I guess it's like kind of like uh, the old man sport, we play golf now. <laughs> uh, we're pretty competitive at golf. Uh, we always call each other, like, well, what do you shoot? Uh, unfortunately, I don't live in Boulder. Yeah. And my brother still does, but I live out in Boston. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, we get together once in a while, and we we do family trips, and we and we get out there on the golf course, and, and sure enough, we try to outdo one another. Um, I say I would say Eduardo's probably a little bit better than me in golf, but uh, but I've been able to beat him uh, several occasions in, in rounds, and, <laughs> and I hold my head high. Uh, and to keep my competitive spirits in the winter, when it's uh, in New England, it can be a little chilly, and, su- and the summers can be short, and the golf season can be short. I yeah picked up this crazy sport called paddle tennis and paddle uh, tennis all right it's a uh never played a racket sport in my life yeah uh somehow i was introduced to it and uh for like the last three years i've i've had uh uh, the pleasure of competing in that and learning some things here and there and and uh competing in a men's league and it's uh it's a blast excellent thank you thank you for sharing that one paddle tennis we'll we'll look into that one there for sure so jorge that concludes everything you know all the uh, the interview process there thank you for sharing all your experiences it's been great hearing from you know such a world-class athlete like yourself Uh, i would say best of luck to you in in the golf and and paddle tennis and we hope to see you again soon thanks mike it's always a pleasure to talk to you bud you bet take care all right This Around the World Scout My Game podcast starred U.S. Olympian Jorge Torres, interviewed by Mike Dean, produced and edited by Tyler Fisher for Scout My Game. Again, follow us on all social media platforms at Scout My Game.